Unless they trade up, the Colts are at the mercy of whatever the Texans and Cardinals decide to do with the second and third picks in the NFL draft. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, thank you for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Jake Arthur, and he is Zach Hicks. You know us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. I'm your resident credentialed member of the Colts media, and Zach is the most dangerous film guy in the market. Uh, Today, we're going to talk, we actually talked to a couple of experts who represent the Houston Texans and Arizona Cardinals to kind of get a gauge on what might happen in front of the Colts pick at number four and, uh, you know, what it might take up for the Colts to trade to either of those spots. Uh, so we thank Cole Thompson of the Just Saying It show and Donnie Druin from all Cardinals for their time. All right, Zach, so the draft this year seems to kind of start at pick two. It feels like Bryce Young at number one is a foregone conclusion to the Panthers. But Houston and Arizona, man, there's there's been so much said about them. We already kind of know Arizona's not taking a quarterback. They have Kyler Murray, big contract there. Uh, Houston, although they need a quarterback, they currently have Davis Mills, reportedly not sold on a quarterback necessarily at number two. Uh, you and I both figured Bryce Young was their guy, uh, so that kind of opens the door there. So both those teams at two and three uh, – could look to take someone like Will Anderson or Jalen Carter or trade down altogether. Uh, so that's obviously the first spot, the, the first couple spots the Colts will want to look for to trade up to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If they feel the need to trade up, you know, the Indianapolis Colts might be sitting there and thinking, okay, if Texans don't go quarterback at two, and if the Cardinals just don't have a market for a trade at three, we don't need to trade up. We could just chill at number four and get our to get the second drafted quarterback of the entire class, which we talked about in our uh, our dream scenarios last week. You know, our dream scenario for the draft is both those teams staying pat and taking defenders or taking non quarterbacks with those picks, uh, which is very real and could happen. Which is gonna you're gonna see in the in the interviews here coming up. Uh, but yeah, no, I think you know if you're looking at these two teams, they're the biggest wild cards in the entire draft because. You just don't know what the Texans are doing. You know, there's a lot of smoke that they're not going to draft CJ Stroud, but they could still come out and draft him, you know, on draft day. And then it throws a wrench into everything, all the dream scenarios and such. Uh, But there is a lot of smoke that they're going to go with like someone like Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson, uh, which just kind of pushes down those quarterbacks back down to the Indianapolis Colts. And then you have the Cardinals where, you know, they, they could be open for business with the Colts, open to business with the Seahawks, with the Raiders, with the Falcons, with the Titans, with the Vikings. Like there's a ton of teams that could come flying up for a quarterback there at three, especially if the Texans pass. So, yeah, those two teams are extremely interesting. Uh, we don't really know where they're going to go right now. And it's hard to it's hard to have any really real feel on what the Colts are going to do at four if you have no clue what those two teams are going to do in front of them. Yeah, the more I sit here, I think the more likely it is that they sit there at four and then let whoever they like come to them because I'm sure they like at least two or three of these guys, right? Yeah. Because they, ju- I just don't think they want to give up that draft capital, especially if it means surrender- surrendering the 35th overall pick because they'd probably like to use that in the second round to trade down and get more picks. Right. Uh, so 
I think they really, really, really don't want to have to move up to get their guy. And there may not be a guy they'd be willing to trade for, but they would be willing to pick inside the top five. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's super interesting. And again, it, it's hard for us to really gauge what they can do unless we know exactly what's happening at number two and number three. Uh, I will say, I, I think we said it on this on this podcast a couple of times, but I'll say it again just for, for all you guys who are maybe not everydayers, even though we would like to change that. We'd like to get you guys to be everydayers. Uh, but I do know earlier in the offseason, the Colts and the Cardinals have had trade conversations. They've actually had more trade conversations, those two teams, than the Colts ever had with the Bears. Like when teams were calling the Bears to come up to one, the Colts were kind of keeping that dialogue with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I do I do believe the two teams kind of have like a handshake agreement that if the Cardinals get an offer, they will call the Colts with that offer and say like, hey, you know, so-and-so is offering to come up to three what's your best offer you you can do? Can you beat this deal? Basically. Uh, and again, if the Colts, if, if a team is, if it's like the Titans coming up and they're offering three first round picks, the Colts aren't going to beat that obviously. But if it's like the Seahawks coming up and they're offering a second round pick, the Colts could obviously match that and move up because the Cardinals ideally don't want to go back too far. They especially, I think, want to stay in front of the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, I think in your Donnie interview that we're going to have in the last segment of this, whatever you guys talk about that uh, quite a bit in there. So uh, yeah, I think it's again, it's super interesting. We could see the Colts making some moves with either one of these teams, or we could see something crazy where three quarterbacks still go off the board before the Colts. So it's it's going to be great to to hear these conversations coming up with these two uh, these two great beat writers. Yeah, and that's why we that's why we brought them in. So basically, we could get into the mind of what these teams are thinking because right now, from our outsiders' perspective, it's it's really anyone's guess. Uh, so next, we're going to bring you our chat with Cole Thompson, who covers the Houston Texans among many other Texas sports on the Just Saying It show. But first, a word from our sponsor, FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And thank you guys for making Locked On Colts your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we'll continue to talk about this Colts buzz and we'll kind of talk about what we would want to do at the top of the draft, what we think the Colts could do at the top of the draft, and then also talk about if the Colts could move back into round one for a particular player or not. It's going to be our round one preview, so make sure you guys are checking it out tomorrow. But first, we have this episode where we are doing an interview with Cole Thompson coming up. Stay tuned for that right now. All right, ladies and gents, we have got a good friend of Zach and mine here today to talk to us a little bit about the Texans. It is Cole Thompson. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Mr. Cole Thompson. He's the host of the radio show, Just Saying It, on SportsMap Radio. And he also reports on the Big 12, SEC, and Texas sports over at Fan Nation. So, so he is the guy to talk to. Man, Stone Cold Steve Austin. How you doing, brother? John 316, I think, said, <laughs> Thou will not let the Texans try to make you go insane. So, you know, I think that I'm doing pretty well on that front. You know, it's a very beautiful time around here at NRG Stadium where it's lying season and everyone is lying, including those inside the building to us. So we have no idea what's going on right now. 
Oh, God. The tides have been turning so much in the last week, and then we still have a week to go. So it's you could you could tell there's a ton of smoke out there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we've got you here today, you know, covering the Texans. The Texans at two and the Cardinals at three. Those That's where the draft really starts. It seems like Bryce Young to Carolina is almost a foregone conclusion. But Arizona and Houston are huge X factors at this point. And the Colts are arguably the most commonly projected trade team, trade up team uh, within the top five. So who not, you know, who better than to talk about this than, than you? Uh, so a guy but, who's been begging them to trade out too since like the, since like the combine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's right? fun. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm pretty fluid in this conversation. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the Texans do still need a quarterback. You know, they're still kind of riding this, this Davis Mills train. Uh, but reports are lately that it's really not a slam dunk that they're going to take a quarterback. Uh, especially, you know, if if Bryce Young is going one, is that the case? Like, could they really just pass on a on a quarterback and trade back, or even take a position player? Otherwise, so you know, what's funny is is that usually you hear about this stuff coming out after your pre draft visits, and the Texans have met with all f- uh, four of the five quarterbacks. They haven't met with uh, uh, Florida's Anthony Richardson, mm. but everyone else is coming to the building. They met with Will Levis, they met with Hendon Hooker, they met with Bryce Young, they met with C.J. Stroud. The funny part was is that usually when you hear this, it's because of they have a bad feeling of a team afterward. This really started coming up after Bryce's visit to Carolina. News started coming out that Carolina just was enamored by Bryce's maturity, by his accuracy, his production in college, his leadership, his tenacity. Uh, even Frank Reich was very much enthralled with the idea of what the game plan was to work with young to become a franchise caliber passer. So the entire narrative, I think for a while was that Houston was going to be content staying at number two the entire time because they figured Bryce Young would be there. And then when Bryce moved up in the betting odds from number two to number one and Stroud moved down, the reality kind of set in, well, let's look at the flaws of every single quarterback and let's look at the pros and cons. The reality for me right now is that Houston is not a good enough team to where they can pass on a talent. They're, they're not. I, I like the fact that they got aggressive in free agency to go from adding C minus players to B minus to C plus type prospects. So huge win. Uh, a lot of these players are on one year deals. And the thing is, is that that's a Nick Casario thing, but also the 49ers are always known of being a team that gets those compensation picks at the end of rounds three, rounds four, rounds five. And that's because of they don't resign people. And so D'Amico Ryan's coming from a 49ers background, maybe wants to have that draft capital for 2024, 2025 and beyond because of he knows that those are where he can get his players. And since you're signed to a six-year deal, I mean, your job is basically secure for as long as possible because six years is basically, hey, I can lose and go 0-16. See you in, see in February. Like, that's kind of what it is. But Houston right now, I think is looking at all opportunities and that includes passing on a quarterback at two. If they really do think Alabama's Will Anderson or, and it's a big or Texas tech, Tyree Wilson is a better prospect. Both of these guys are very high on their boards. Both of these guys fit what they're looking for in terms of run production. And remember this was the worst rushing that rush defense in the NFL last year and the worst team with yards after contact. So they need to be able to get playmakers up front I feel like that if that's the case, they would just stay at two and take them. But they are fielding calls. That's the other thing. Uh, last Monday, Nick Casario met with us, and he said they're not open for business at number two, but they're open to the idea of business. And earlier today, uh, Nick Casario was on with Sports Talk Radio 610 here in Houston, and he mentioned two big things. 
the draft at the very top is going to be a cluster mess, not just for them, but for everybody because of there's not as many elite prospects as there were in 2021 as in 2020. So the level of talent is going to be so influctuated that you're really going based off a scheme and uh, a team fit rather than you will be off of pure talent. And that they would be willing to do a trade internally division wise. So if Tennessee is looking to trade up from number two, I mean, number 11 to number two, they will feel the offer. Minneapolis is going to trade up from number four to number two. They will do their best to fill the offer. Yeah. So that, that was a big thing I was, I was going to mention is, you know, the Colts might, let, let's say it's, you know, young at one and they love CJ Stroud and he's there at two and they feel some teams like the Raiders or Titans, whoever are going to, are going to come up and threaten that. Would they be open for business to trade into the division? It sounds like they are, but another part of it is, you know, they'll be open to trading with an intradivision team, but is the price going to be steeper than it would for like a Las Vegas to come up from, I think seven to, to do that. Like, yeah. would, would they, would they make it a steeper price for someone like the Colts or Titans? I think Tennessee for sure. But the, but the main reason for Tennessee is for starters, they won't allow them to have the Oilers. So you can't have the color scheme. You can't have the name brand because Amy Adams <laughs> refuses to let that stuff go. So yeah. yeah. So they would definitely bend them over a barrel. Uh, Indianapolis <laughs> is a little bit more challenging because it's not that they're picking at four while Tennessee is picking at 11. That's going to cost you a first round pick no matter right. what. But it feels like, and I've been saying this since really about January, the whole Trey Lance thing now that's been coming about fielding calls, potential offers, basically what you want to do if you're a team like the Texans and you want to land a quarterback is you want to be able to have that as a wash. So say the asking price is a second round pick for Trey Lance. They want a second round pick from uh, for uh, in San Francisco. Well, Indianapolis picks at 35. So basically what you would be doing is you would be swapping first. You would be gaining a second because you're basically having that second round pick that would be coming up with Indianapolis going to San Francisco to pay for the quarterback that you would want to come in. So in my opinion, it really is about supply and demand. I, I I think that for sure it's going to cost you at least three picks, if not four, one of which will be a day three selection. So probably the fourth round selection is come to Houston. But I feel like that one of those picks that you're asking for is really to be able to solidify you to be able to move around the, the draft board. Uh, they very much like Hendon Hooker uh, from what I've been told. So I would not be shocked if they packed, a pack on pass on Trey Lance that they're trying to trade back up into the end of the first round to maybe go get the Tennessee quarterback. That way they would have the draft capital to do so. And what they would do is they would then trade number 33 along with another pick later on down the line to be able to get their quarterback. So they move into the first round, but look at what they have at pick number 35, still a second round pick. Casario has been known for a while of scheming up type of deals to where he takes picks that are used in the trade offers and then uses them later on to go get prospects he really likes. Last year when they traded from Philadelphia with 13 to 15, they got three mid-round picks. Two of them were used in the trade-up for John Mechie, and the other one was used in the trade-up for Christian Harris. So there's a reason why he wants those selections. It's not because of he believes the talent there is surplus fantastic. It's because of he wants to be able to utilize those picks to his advantage. So I think as long as... The asking price for whatever it would be to move up to go get a quarterback or whatever it would be to move up and go get Trey Lance in a trade. And they still keep that second round pick because they're still a team that needs a smorgasbord of talent across the board. That ultimately is why I think it's going to cost to move up just two spots for a team like Indianapolis. Yeah, honestly, just being one of those teams that kind of they're they're not their cupboard isn't 
fully bare, but like they need a lot. So yeah, moving down and collecting more picks that that does make a lot of sense. And I like that you brought up the Trey Lance thing because Trey Lance and Hendon Hooker really because the Trey Lance thing is something that could really work out for them. It gives them a potential upgrade, and you know maybe for a cheaper price than what would have been a year or so ago. And then with Hendon Hooker. You know, if you feel like you can start Davis Mills one more year while Hendon Hooker just gets acclimated and healthy and all that, then I think that is a, a pretty good scenario. But Cole, brother, that, I think that's all I had for you today, man. Oh, my, go ahead. Yeah. My only thing with Hendon Hooker, and this is for anybody out there, and Zach, I know, mm-hmm. is probably rolling around in his <laughs> little studio somewhere about Hendon Hooker. There's no way that you can be a rebuilding team and sell yourself on a 26-year-old quarterback that'll be coming off a torn ACL when you're picking top two next year, and Caleb right. Williams and Drake May is available. So the medicals right there have to be basically saying he can play no later than December if you are a mm-hmm. rebuilding team. That, that's my thing. Uh, Jake, I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like that no matter what, you have to keep a close eye on Arizona at pick number three. I had mm-hmm. heard – when we were in Indianapolis, I had heard about this. Like, like Monty Ossifor wants out of that. So okay, my big thing is that – Tennessee, the best way to go ahead and subtract an opportunity for a team to be a contender in the AFC is by adding a player that they want. So part of the reason why you may want to be talking to Nick Casario, whether you like him or not, and I can tell you right now, Texans (laughs) fans do not like Jim Irsay because if they should be picking number one and he threw that game away, you probably should be giving a phone call if you really do like a C.J. Stroud or an Anthony Richardson because Mm -hmm. there's a shot that potentially Tennessee is going to be there one thing for you. Yeah, I, th- I think it makes sense for the Colts in Arizona to already have some sort of framework together. There's no there's no urgency right now before the draft starts, but that's when the urgency might kick in and you might see something happen. But definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, brother, thanks so much for joining us. I definitely feel a lot smart, smarter on the topic of what the Texans <laughs> could do now. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Anytime, my man. Take care, Colts fans. Trust me, the draft is almost over not here because we don't really want to be here because then we don't have anything to talk about that's true now before we bring you our interview with donnie drew and of all cardinals here's a word from our sponsor better help this show is brought to you by better help uh you guys know my extensive history with therapy and just uh, a lot of different things within this realm of of the world uh you know we've all had that kind of separate journey on our own but for me personally therapy has been a really good crutch and help for me just kind of getting where I need to be as a person. And I know a lot of you guys feel the same way. You know, it's not it's not this hindrance to you guys. Therapy can be something to lean on and really help you get to where you need to go. And, you know, getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because they're always you're just always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we really talk through these things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Uh, I've personally been to therapy again a couple times, and it's really helped me, uh, again, just kind of get back on my feet. Every time I felt a little bit down, uh, therapy's kind of always brought me up to the place where I want to be, and then I can obviously take those next steps myself and get to to the end goal that I want to be at. But yeah, therapy has been there a couple times in my life, and I highly, highly recommend it. This one is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. 
All right, Colts fans, we've got someone here to tell us a little bit more about what the Arizona Cardinals might be doing right there in front of the Colts. Uh, obviously, the draft gets a little wacky right away. I mean, I think we know what pick number one is going to be, but Houston at two and Arizona at three, those two teams, you know, they, they could change everything for the Colts. So we, want, we wanted to get someone on here to tell us a little bit more. Uh, we've got Donnie Druin, my counterpart from Fan Nation. Uh, he's the publisher over at All Cardinals. Welcome to the show, Donnie. Jake, thank you so much for having me. And even to your point, I feel like up until a couple of weeks ago, we didn't even know what was going to happen at number one. Right. Yeah. During the pro day circuit, I would have told you it was going to be CJ Stroud, number one, because I was there in Columbus at Ohio State's pro day, and I just saw how Frank Reich was looking at CJ Stroud. And as someone who has watched Frank Reich for the last five or six years, like that look was. I love this guy. And apparently, you know, when you factor in the front office and ownership and everything, it sounds like Bryce Young is the guy. So we'll see. Big X factor, though. The, the, the whole thing is, is going to get interesting. Uh, so you guys are kind of in the same boat, though, as, as far as Arizona goes. You know what, what Carolina is probably going to do, but Houston could just throw such a wrench into it for you guys. Um, before we even get to, like, what the implications of what all that could do to the Colts – how are you feeling from a Cardinals perspective of what might happen at number two? Oh, man. Um, you know, I think the Cardinals are in a really good spot because I think regardless of what happens at number two, I think trading down is probably the goal. Um, more than anything, like you said, we'll get into it here in a little bit. But, um, you know, even another quarterback available for the picking at number three, I think more than anything might uh, jump the price a little bit for teams trying to trade up to number three. And I think for a Cardinals team that finished four and 13, new front office, new coaching staff, um, were not able to re-sign their top two free agents. J.J. Watt left um, to retirement. It, it's a rebuild. It's a very clear rebuild, whether or not Jonathan Gannon, the new head coach, wants to admit it or not. And they've done the, the proper steps so far through the offseason to get that going. But now they're really going to try to cash in and try to get as many future assets as possible. And obviously that begins with selling the number three pick to the highest bidder. So I think, um, you know, if especially if Will Anderson goes to number two, I, I really think that's probably the only guy at three they would consider taking just because, you know, you saw what he did at Alabama. Um, there's a little smoke that they want Tyree Wilson to Texas Tech edge. Um, he's another name I would watch at number three, but I, I would kind of be shocked if they if they stood there at number three and they didn't take Will Anderson and they took Tyree Wilson, they opted not to trade out. I think that would be the most surprising scenario for me. I was going to say, they, they are not staying at number three, are they? It, it does make so much sense to just get those assets. Uh, but with that said, how far back do you think they are, uh, they're willing to go back? Like, you know, you got Las Vegas at seven or anything. You know, you, you still want to get blue chip players. You know, you're going to get a bunch of draft picks the further back you go, of course. But you don't want to go back too far and, and miss out on some premium guys. Right. And I think that's kind of the balance you have to find is moving back far enough to get significant draft capital. Um, I, I think everybody's kind of counting on the future first round pick next year is kind of the borderline. Hey, you know, we will only move back for this. Uh, but how far is too far? Right. And I think whenever the possibility of even the Tennessee Titans from number 11 jumping up to three, whenever that became um, more of a storyline, I feel like half the fan base was very reluctant to do that because you're almost taking yourself out of position to get 
top tier guys, maybe like a Tyree Wilson or maybe like a Christian Gonzalez. Um, you know, there's a lot of needs for the Cardinals to fill. And I feel like that's a very good thing because I feel like no matter how far you trade back, you're still going to find a guy that can help service your team and kind of get things going in the, in the right direction. But I mean, that's the hard part of being a GM, right? I mean, like, you know, where's the sweet spot? How many mock drafts have you done where you realistically see guys that you want on your football team being there at a pick number 11 or 13 or 15? And now there's smoke about the Minnesota Vikings trading up for a quarterback. And, you know, is, is trading down 20 spots ridiculous unless you get like this wild, wild draft haul? I mean, um, things are really starting to ramp up. But I think if, if I'm the Cardinals, 11 is probably the, the furthest back I'm going. And to be honest, the, the, uh, a spot at number four with you guys, I feel like if you're a Cardinals fan, that's kind of like your your win-win, right? Because especially if Will Anderson is there, you get your coveted pass rusher and you still trade back and get a, a, you know, a couple more draft picks moving forward. Yeah, I think Tennessee coming up and going up to two or three with the Colts is probably the Colts really their biggest nightmare scenario. Because if they're going to do that, they're going to probably take a quarterback the Colts would have liked as well. Um, but like you said, you know, a win-win would be Arizona moving back, being able to get a position player because the Colts aren't going to take anyone Arizona would want. And you just get, you know, you move back one spot and you get some stuff in return. We've kind of heard here that the Colts and the Cardinals kind of do have the framework of, of a possible deal together. But Arizona, I think, wants just a little more than, than what the Colts are willing to do. There's no urgency yet because the draft isn't actually here. Now, on Thursday night, you know, things like that might change. But what do you think a swap might be for the Cardinals moving back just one spot? Oh, that's tough, you know. And I think to your point, too, I don't think a deal is going to get done until draft day because so much of what the Cardinals will want for that number three pick does depend on what Houston is going to do at number two because if another, let's say C.J. Stroud isn't the guy at two and he's available at number three, then if I'm the Cardinals, the price jumps up. You know, you're going to have even more of a pool of, of uh, you know, quarterbacks to take. If I'm the Cardinals and I'm looking to move back one spot, I don't think you've seen a terrible amount of high draft picks um, where one team just moves up or moves down one spot. I think I saw like a couple like third round picks, like a third round pick this year and then the third round pick next year mentioned is, is like a potential deal. Um, I'm sure that sounds not a lot from a Cardinals perspective, but if you're only moving down one spot, you're still getting, um, you know, a late day two pick. I'm not really sure where they value that. And again, I think that goes back to who's going to be available on the board because it's not like there's no quarterbacks left and, you know, the Colts are only going to trade up to try to get a premier corner or a premier like edge rusher. You know, they're trying to get their quarterback of the future. I think the Cardinals know whoever's going to move up to number three is going to try to get their guy of the future as well, especially with uh, division rivals, like you mentioned, Tennessee potentially moving up and then maybe even Houston potentially getting a quarterback of the future at number two as well. So, I did, I've seen two thirds. I don't think I'm sold on that, uh, but obviously that's uh, negotiations to be held at a later date. I think that's I think that's exactly what would be work out really well for the Colts as well. Their third round this year and one next year. On day two, their third rounders are definitely something they've been more willing to part with. We've seen that in quarterback trades. We saw it, they traded up last year, giving up a third round pick during the draft. So I think they're very willing to work with that. Because uh, I really think they want to hold on to that pick 35 in the second round and probably move back, you know, to, to garner more draft capital there. But 
it sounds like, you know, outside of needing a quarterback, the Cardinals and Colts are in a pretty similar uh, situation. So thanks so much, Donnie, for hopping on here with us and telling us a little bit about it. Hey, I really appreciate it. And I, I feel like uh, our conversations will not stop before the draft as well. I think the Colts and Cardinals might be a, a tango to watch as the draft unfolds. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm hoping they're good friends because if CJ Stroud or someone is dropping, I would love to see the Colts move up and just have a ballsy move and secure your quarterback. Like in, in Arizona might give them that. So uh, thanks again for joining us. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks again for making Locked On Colts your first listen every day. Every day, as remember, we'll continue to bring you all the latest on Colts draft buzz, especially tomorrow where we kind of dive into this first round and we talk about who we think could be there at pick four for the Colts, who we want them to take it for. And if the Colts would trade up into the first round for any prospects, we give you our round one preview tomorrow morning. Make sure you have your alarms set for that. If you guys don't already follow at locked on Colts at Jake Arthur NFL and at Zach Hicks too on Twitter. Also subscribe to locked on Colts podcast on YouTube or every listen to your podcast. We'd love your ratings and reviews and we'll see you guys tomorrow.